Hello, hello, everybody. I am your pediatrician and host, Dr. Jessica Hockman. I thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Ask Dr. Jessica. This week, we have on a toddler expert, Devin Koonsman. Now, one of my favorite expressions about child rearing is to say, it takes a village. And this is exactly what Devin has done. She has built an impressive online community, and she is very passionate about the toddler years. Today, we are going to talk about how to deal with the terrible twos and the three age years, especially when it comes to handling tantrums. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you know anyone who would benefit from hearing this episode, please send it along their way. How are you, Devin? Thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so passionate about the toddler years. And so any opportunity I have to talk about our little ones, I love to do it. I'm so curious. How did it come to be? How did you get started in this world of toddlerhood? Yeah. So I have a degree in um, child development and psychology. And I spent many years as a nanny all over the world, a lot of time for high profile families all over the world where I was really in the role of a co-parent for all of these little ones. And um, I got experience with a lot of different kids with a lot of different challenges, a lot of different things. And the one thing I saw over and over again, was this frustration level that that both toddlers had and parents had with their toddlers. And it was creating a lot of miscommunication, especially around behaviors that parents felt were really challenging. And it um, created, you know, uh, some miscommunication and like misconnection moments in the relationship. And then with time after not being so much as an outsider, but starting to be like really filling a role as a co-parent and sometimes like having the kids for 10 days on my own and, you know, things like this, I started to like feel, start feeling this way and just realize, oh my goodness, like there is a lot more to, you know, the nuances of parenting toddlers because there's so much happening developmentally and it's just such a challenging developmental period. And so all of this put together had me create Transforming Toddlerhood with the mission to dispel the myth that toddlerhood is terrible and empower parents to really overcome the challenges of this developmental period, nurture their little one's development, and create confidence in their parenting skills because this is a critical developmental period. The first five years are super critical to brain and social emotional development. And so I'm just here to support parents and hopefully help them um, close the communication gap and understand their little ones on a deeper level. I want to ask you about tantrums. I think many parents don't know quite how to respond when their children tantrum, my, myself included, especially when it happens out in public. I know that we are supposed to stay calm and collected, but sometimes, honestly, it's really hard to do. Do you have any general advice or actionable advice that you can give to parents? Yeah. Well, I think the very first thing to do when it comes to a tantrum is to start reframing how we relate to and think about tantrums, because this is going to highly impact how we respond. So if we are looking at tantrums as a bad behavior, then we're going to be more likely to get frustrated, feel like we can't control our child, which is going to be even more frustrating, um, give a punishment, have unrealistic expectations, things like this. So we want to reframe that Tantrums are not bad behavior. It's a child having a hard time coping 
It's a child who is having an emotional release to release all of the little feelings and emotions that have built up throughout the day and release them so they can come back to their emotional equilibrium and that it's completely developmentally appropriate during the toddler years. Um, Tantrums typically peak between 18 and 36 months and Um, It's because children at this age lack the brain maturity in the prefrontal cortex, so they don't have a lot of emotional regulation skills on their own. They're highly reliant on us to support them with that, so therefore they fall to pieces pretty easily, especially when they don't feel like they... Um, get their way or they're not in control of their lives because they're developmentally, their brain's telling them to become their own person, exert their will and see how they're an independent person. But quite frankly, toddlers don't have a lot of control over their lives. And there's several things that toddlers shouldn't be in control of. Um, But that being said, you're just going to see a lot of tantrums during this time. So just knowing that this is a child having a hard time and every every time a tantrum happens is an opportunity for a child to learn self-regulation skills, for um, them to practice because they have to be able to fall to pieces to be able to learn how to navigate big feelings and emotions and come back to their emotional equilibrium. So before we respond or anything like that, we really have to work on reframing what tantrums are. And when we relate to them as a developmentally appropriate behavior to the big feelings and emotions, we can also release ourselves from the responsibility of like, oh, my child's tantruming, so I must be failing. I'm doing something wrong. I'm a bad parent because that's not it. Your child's tantrums don't reflect on you as a person or a parent. Devin, thank you so much. I I think it's really helpful to hear that tantrums are normal, expected, developmentally appropriate. Now, my question is, as a parent, is there anything that we are supposed to do in the moment of a tantrum? Should we try to stop the tantrum? What are we actually supposed to be doing when they're happening? It doesn't feel quite right just to sit and watch without trying to help. So what is your advice for us when kids are actually tantruming? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, um, so these are the biggest things that I say to think about in the moment. So in terms of stopping the tantrum, no, because once your child is in like the full blown tantrum mode, um, there it's like a runaway train, like we can't stop that. However, the we also don't want to because if we stop a child from having an emotional release, then we're like teaching them to like shove down their feelings and emotions to please others. And then they don't get to like express those feelings and emotions and work through them. And then also they're probably going to come out in some other way and some other behavior. So it's really healthy for children to have tantrums and for us to support them. That being said, how are we going to respond to this? I always say the first thing is to create safety. So um, what we want to do is to make sure that a child is physically safe. So if they're um, on like a tile floor, we maybe want to move them to a rug. If they're near a brick fireplace, we want to move them somewhere safer. If they're on the couch about to fall off, um, we want to move them somewhere safe. And then we want to also make sure that we're safe. So if a child's hitting or kicking us, then we need to say, I won't let you kick me and then back up and put some distance between you and your child or to um, put them down if you're holding them, um, something like this. So that's 
like that's the most basic thing we want to do. After everyone's safe, our biggest job is our, our own inner work of calming down because the more that we can help ourselves calm down, get grounded, get emotionally regulated, we can now pass that calm off to a toddler. And what that might look like is just sitting nearby. What it might look like is if you have another child or you're cooking dinner, it might be like, um, I'm, it's okay to feel upset about this. I'll be back to check on you in a moment and coming back and checking on them every two to five minutes. Uh, if you can't just sit nearby, it might be validating your child's emotions. Although the more upset a child is, the less they're able to have input from us. So at the peak of a tantrum, less less is more when it comes to words and like physical touch, offering a hug and things of that nature. But as they come down from the tantrum, that's when our words and our uh, physical comfort can be supportive too. I think this is such great advice because what I notice is a lot of parents, their, their instinct when children are acting up and tantruming is to say things like stop it or stop tantruming. Why are you doing this? And it doesn't help. It just, I feel like it keeps escalating. The behavior keeps escalating. And I think, um, I think that's such great advice that as parents thing is to work on our own inner calmness. And it's really based in the science of co-regulation, which is what toddlers need because they don't have the self-regulation skills because that part of the brain is not very mature. So they rely on us. You know, we see toddlers like capable of doing all of these things with their bodies. Um, physically, they're way less reliant on us than when they were babies, but toddlers are still highly emotionally dependent on us in terms of helping them uh, process and regulate their emotions. And so they learn how to do that through us modeling it for them and also from us like extending that calm to them through validation, through, um, you know, getting narrating what's happening, getting curious about how they're feeling um, by validating their feelings and emotions and just generally what I like to call holding space for the big emotions without making them bad or wrong because this is what um, what we what, what allows a child to move through it. And my good friend Patty Whipfler, the founder of um, Hand in Hand Parenting, she always calls tantrums an emotional poop. And so if we think of it like this and allowing the child, like, you know, pooping's healthy, like it's how we eliminate things that are not serving us in our body. And this is also how we like release the emotions that aren't serving us. And that's what toddlers are doing. So we can allow a toddler to pour out their feelings and emotions and we pour in that love and reassurance. Um, this is what's going to build up a child's emotional strength and resilience. I, I know for myself, even as an adult, if I was trying to express my feelings about something and I was told to stop, I agree that it wouldn't feel very good. So I do think it's so much better if one can let out their feelings and feel heard. It's just so much more validating. And I think that's the biggest thing to remember is that we're all human beings and we all have emotional needs. And um, toddlers are way less capable of taking care of their emotional needs on their own. So they really rely on us to support them with that. I also really like reminding myself that eventually the tantrums will end. In the moment, when you watch your child tantrum, it can feel really overwhelming, but I find it really helpful that I tell myself that even though it seems like it's lasting forever, it really is just a moment in time. Absolutely. It's just a moment in time. Um, I, I, you know, and this is why I always am a big advocate of thinking about feelings um, as the weather, 
You know, sometimes like say there's like a, a thunderstorm happening. That thunderstorm's not going to last in, in, indefinitely. It's going to come. It's going to come in real strong, probably blow some sticks down. We live in a wooded neighborhood, so I'm probably going to have, you know, branches and sticks all over my yard. And then it's going to be gone like it never happened. And the sun's going to come back out. And this is how I like to relate to feelings and emotions and tantrums being an emotional release. That's what happens with tantrums as well. But it's hard to remember in the moment. Um, so that's why I also just encourage parents sometimes even track tantrums. Um, so we can like start gathering actual facts about when they're happening, how often they're happening and the duration. So we can start to see like, oh, like that felt like 30, 45 minutes, but it was actually 15 minutes. I would never say to a parent, I'm going to help you end your toddler's tantrums. No. And if anyone's out there saying that, then this is like actually not developmentally appropriate support because T uh, tantrums serve a purpose developmentally. They serve a purpose um, emotionally. And there's ways that we can also support children in their emotional regulation to prevent them to some extent. But when a child's had too much, they just need that emotional release. But definitely tracking tantrums and will help you see the patterns, help you know the triggers. And then you might notice like, oh, Every night at this time, my child's having a tantrum. Maybe we need to have dinner 30 minutes earlier because my child's actually just so hungry. Or my child, we need an earlier bedtime because they're just overtired at this point. And so like we can start looking at, okay, what needs could be met that would help prevent these tantrums somewhat. Um, so that's always really, really supportive um, part of thinking about it. And guess what? Sometimes... We are going to prevent a tantrum from happening by giving in and just pacifying a child. Like we are all human beings. And once in a while, this is going to happen where you're just going to give them like whatever they wanted at what they want at the store. You're going to give them the cookie or whatever the thing is. And the thing is, is that yes, if we do this on a regular basis, it reinforces the tantrum and it shows children like, oh, this is a strategic way to get a need met or a desire met. And as long as it's not predictable that this is how we're going to respond all the time um, and we're consistently responding in a different way, then, you know, once in a while you might just give in because we're human beings too and we might not always have the emotional bandwidth to ride the storm of a tantrum um, with a toddler. But again, we want to be sure that consistently we're not doing that. And by consistent, I mean, it's predictable that more often than not, we're going to respond in a certain way. This is really helpful to hear. Um, my husband and I, we actually have very different styles when it comes to handling our children's uh, negative behavior. So sometimes I, I actually worry that my husband gives in too much to the tantrums, or he definitely gives in more than I would. And I worry that we are positively reinforcing bad behavior. So I appreciate what you're saying because this actually validates both of our approaches. You know, at the height of a tantrum, kids, they're in their lower brain. They're in their primal instinctual brain in that survival mode, that fight, flight, and freeze uh, locked up in their emotions. And so they can't hear logic in those moments. They can't hear discussion. They are just in a biological response. And so when we ride out the storm and we help walk them up back to their upper brain and we are, you know, able to like help them confirm like, okay, I'm safe. I'm loved. This is okay to have big emotions. 
and like get on the other side of that release, then they're going to be able to access, you know, the more sophisticated part of their brain, you know, some logical thinking, some, you know, planning, some empathy, some um, impulse control. Not a lot at this age, but some, um, and we'll be able to have those conversations with them. And I always say you're allowed to learn alongside your child. Like you don't have to have it all figured out. And honestly, when we can validate, how are we supposed to validate a two-year-old's emotions, a three-year-old's emotions, if we're shoving our own feelings and emotions down? So it's okay as long as everyone's safe to take a moment to recognize like, wow, I'm feeling overwhelmed feeling frustrated. I feel like I could cry. We're not saying you're making me so upset that I just want to cry. That's different. That's like putting responsibility for our own feelings and emotions on a child. We don't want to do that, but we can take ownership of our feelings and emotions and narrate it. And then even go through the process of calming down, whatever that might look like. It might even be like, I need a moment. I love you so much. I'll be back to help you in a moment. I need a moment. And then, you know, you leave the room for a moment or you do whatever ever, other calming technique is supportive for you. It's so important, especially um, for toddlerhood because children are developing their sense of self for the very first time. So if we are putting our feelings and emotions and responsibility for those onto a child, then this sticks with them for many years in terms of like, you know, starting to think like, okay, like I'm, I'm not good or I did this or whatever. And we're, it's not that I'm saying kids shouldn't we want kids to know the impact of their feelings and emotions or the, and basically the impact of their behavior on others. We definitely want that. But a tantrum's not the time for that. Like like a child is having a hard time coping. They're not trying to make our life miserable in that moment. And so it's really about us being responsible for our own experience and feelings and emotions because we have fully mature brains and these little ones, they are going through such rapid brain growth and development that it's just really hard and they don't have any life experience to really draw upon as well. Something that I also notice is that my kids... They don't like to tantrum. When their tantrums are finally over, they tend to feel bad that it happened. No one likes to feel out of control, you know? Now, a question that comes up often, can you describe any red flags that parents should be aware of when it comes to tantrums? Yeah. Well, typically around four and five years old, children should be having less tantrums, shorter duration, less frequent, things like that. So you typically... After the peak of 18 to 36 months, you want to kind of see the amount and duration and intensity of tantrums kind of like, um, you know, going down. Um, so if they're not, this could potentially be a red flag and there might mean that there is an underlying, um, cause that needs to be addressed. And maybe there, uh, you have a highly sensitive child. Maybe that's just their temperament. So their nervous system and, um, is more reactionary. So they're more reactionary. Maybe, you know, other things is like there could be ADD or anxiety or, um, sensory processing challenges, developmental delays, there's, you know, things that could be happening there. Um, and so if you think like, wow, like tantrums actually are getting more intense, 
um, after like three, they're growing my child and there isn't any big life changes happening, um, or any like new triggers that would be introduced, like moving death in the family, starting a new school, having a new sibling, then it might be like, oh, let's investigate this a little more deeply. Or if like your child's tantrums are happening, um, many times a day, lasting for very long periods of time, like consistently lasting like more than 25 minutes, 90% of the time. Um, and your child, like you aren't able to help them get through the tantrum or like they get through it, but like, they're not back to their sunny self. It's like, um, it's kind of like there's a cloud hanging over them where they don't fully bounce back. And then the smallest thing like re-triggers another tantrum. These are things where like, okay, maybe there's something bigger happening and um, a child might need a little bit more emotional regulation support. And so you'd want to talk to your pediatrician or a developmental pediatrician or an occupational therapist that specializes in sensory um, at that point. That's really helpful. Yeah, if it's like disrupting life for the child or like normal functioning of life for the family, like that's how bad tantrums have gotten because it's happening so often and lasting so long and it's like getting worse than getting better as the child gets older, like this is that would be a red flag. Devin, can you also comment on what parents should do when they see unwanted physical behaviors like hitting, kicking or scratching? The thing is, is that this is how toddlers communicate their feelings, emotions, and needs on the inside is outwardly through behavior because they don't have the vocabulary to be able to communicate verbally. And even if your child can talk, it doesn't mean that they're still able to say, I'm having a really hard time right now because it's just been too many things that happened today and I can't hold it together. That's really advanced. They're not going to be able to translate that, their experience into words. So you're going to see it through these big behaviors. So instead of saying this behavior is bad, we want to reframe it as all behaviors communication and start asking ourselves, what is this behavior communicating? What is the feeling, emotion, or need behind this? So again, when we have a big um, behaviors like this, we want to address it by creating safety to start with. So if your child's like hitting, biting, kicking you, you would say, I won't let you bite me. I won't let you kick me. And then you'd um, follow through on that. And that might look like putting your child down if you're holding them, backing away from them and putting some space between the two of you um, so they can't make contact, or even putting a pillow or a cushion in between you so then they're unable to make contact um, with you and they're making contact with something else. Then from there, we want to start connecting with them and addressing the root of the behavior. Because if we just punish the behavior we see on the surface, we're going to be like playing like a a game of whack-a-mole, like at the arcade, that game I remember playing as a kid, um, where like, you know, you punish this behavior, try to make it go away, but then we don't resolve the root. So then the next behavior is just going to pop up, uh, you know, a little bit later. But when we start addressing the root, we can um, start to transform the behavior. And so, you know, we do this through various connection techniques. And I always say the, there's, there's a recipe for effective discipline. Um, effective discipline is not about making someone comply or listen. Um, discipline does not mean punishment. It means teaching a child skills that lead to 
them learning self-control. And so what we want to do is focus on, after everyone's safe, creating connection, setting limits in a firm yet neutral way and following through, and then teaching skills when a child um, is past the uh, the behavior and everyone's re-regulated. And these three tenets are what really help build those self-regulation skills. And this is what I teach through um, my work at Transforming Toddlerhood that's you know largely based in uh, positive parenting. Wonderful. Devin, you are so fantastic. Such a wonderful wealth of information. I usually close um, by asking if you have any final words of wisdom or any final thoughts you want to impart. Well, you know, the thing that comes to mind that I, I say a lot, I think it's a main tenet of the work that we do at Transforming Toddlerhood is to remember that practice makes progress, not perfection. You and your child are human beings. You and your child are allowed to learn alongside each other. And the learning process has peaks and valleys and hurdles and obstacles along the way. And so remember, practice makes progress, not perfection. So if you try out a new parenting tool and it doesn't work exactly how you envisioned, it's okay to practice it. Let your child practice receiving it. You practice doing it. And in the end, when we take away the expectation for perfection in ourselves and perfection in our children in terms of their responses to things, then it's going to be a lot more room for connection and our humanness and really ultimately partnership because parenting is a relationship. It's a two-way street. And yes, in this relationship, the adult is in charge, um, but you can still be a partner with someone and have them feel you as on their team and still be in charge. And that's what we want to look for. We don't want to try to control a toddler and demand control and compliance. And we also don't want a a toddler to be in control and calling the shots. So I call this being the loving leader and guide where we are in charge. We're also in partnership and we're working to meet a child's needs within our boundaries. And that takes practice. So don't be afraid to practice. Thank you so much, Devin. This is definitely an expression I am going to remember. Practice makes progress, not perfection. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Oh, so happy to be here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode about toddlers. To learn more from Devin, you can find her on Instagram at Transforming Toddlerhood. She also has a website, transformingtoddlerhood.com. And on her website, she offers many helpful courses for parents. I highly recommend you check it out. I will leave all of this information in the show notes below. Also, if you could, please leave a five-star review for Ask Dr. Jessica. I love reading the comments and they really do help the podcast grow.